We're up to the bottom of Kuf Gimel Ahmed Bey's. Four lines from the bottom. We're in the middle of, I'll just, I'll just sort of uh, quickly summarize what's going on. Our Mishnah said that if a person, the Mishnah's talking about the concept that if you stole from someone, so obviously you have to return the theft, but then you lied under oath and then admitted it. The halacha is that when you lie under oath and admit, admit you're obligated to give the geneva, to return the money that you stole, plus a fifth, plus a carbon. The Mishnah said that if a person steals and does this again, he lies under oath and then he's moideh the halacha is that he has to travel to find the guy to return it. Meaning if the guy, he calls the guy and the guy says, I'm in Israel, he can't just say, well, uh, it's, it's in my house whenever you want to pick it up. Go to Israel. You have to spend the money and go to Eretz Yisrael. The implication of the Mishnah is that you only have to travel if you swore under oath and lied about it. But let's say you didn't swear, you're just a ganav who gets caught. And you tell the guy, hey, I'm, I, the guy's like, hey, I'm in Israel. So then you could say, uh, it's here whenever you want, come, come pick it up. So if you swore, you have to travel. If you didn't swear, you don't have to travel. So the Gemara, the entire yesterday's first, last Ahmed, Ahmed Bez was bothered by who is the author of our Mishnah that makes a distinction between Shavua and non Shavua. And we said, who is it like? Because we quoted a similar Shaila, not exactly the same, but a similar Machlaikis in the following situation I stole from one of you. There's five people here. I stole from one of you. And I don't know who I stole from. So if Tarifin says, put the money down and say, you guys figure it out. Rav Akiva says you have to pay each one individually. The Gemara assumes that Rav Akiva, who says you have to pay each one individually, would require you to go. And Rav Tarifin, who says you could just put the money down, he would hold that it's enough to say, pick it up whenever you want. Here's the problem. Our Mishnah says, do you have to travel? And the Mishnah implies that there's a difference. If you make a Shavu, you have to travel. If not, not. So there's a Chilik. The problem is, who's the author of our Mishnah? Rav Tarifin holds you never have to travel. Rav Akiva holds you always have to. So it's binary. Rav Akiva says always yes, Rav Tarifin says always no, and our Mishnah says sometimes yes, sometimes no. So who's the author of our Mishnah? So the Gemara said, really it's Rav Tarifin, and when did Rav Tarifin say you don't have to travel when there's no Shavuah, but when there's a Shavuah you have to travel. That's what he said. So according to Rav Tarifin, when he said you put the money down, he's only talking about when there's no Shavuah. But if there's a Shavuah, you have to travel, and you have to give it to each person. Here's the Gemara's problem, we'll end with this, and we'll end the sugya. The Gemara says, this is Kuf Gimel Ahmed Beis, three lines from the bottom. Rav Tarifin, so wait, you're telling me that according to Rav Tarifin, do you have to give each person the money, or in this case, travel? So we're saying right now, do you have to travel according to Rav Tarifin to deliver it, or could you just say, hey, pick it up whenever you want? It depends. If you made a Shavuah, you have to travel. If you didn't make a Shavuah, you don't have to travel. Here's the problem, Rav Tarifin. Uh, I lost the place. Oh, Rav Tarifin over here. Michdi, One second. We're talking about a case where you swore. Then what happened? You weren't caught. You admit it. So you're obviously someone who's interested in getting atonement, right? You're, you're, not, you're not a bad guy. If you're admitting that you lied, it's because you clearly want a kapara. And what's your point now? Do you have to travel? What would Rav Tarifin say? Well, what we're saying right now, Rav Tarifin Shita is that if you made a shvuah, you have to travel. And if you made a shvuah, you have to pay each one directly. But if you didn't make a shvuah, you don't have to travel and you can just put the money down and say, do whatever you want. Here's the problem. Rav Tarifin Shita is... That if a person wants atonement, Rav Tarifin Shita is that if, if I stole from one, five, one of five of you, I could just put the money down and say, bye-bye. But you know what the truth is? Rav Tarifin himself holds that you won't get atonement that way. You can't be taken to court if you do this. But you want kapara? 
you got to go each one. So how could you say that Rav Tarfin makes a chilek between Shavuah and not Shavuah? It's not true. Because even Rav Tarfin would say, if you want atonement, you got to go. So how could he be the author of our Mishnah? Because again, you're extrapolating his discussion of paying each one, paying all five or putting the money down as saying, well, paying each one is the equivalent of travel. So if he holds you have to pay each one, you have to travel. Put the money down, you don't have to travel. And what's his shita? Well, if you made a shvuah, you have to travel. If you didn't make a shvuah, you don't. Rav Tarfin holds it. If you want a kapar, you always have to go. So Rav Tarfin, there's not much of a chilik between shvuah or not. Says the Gemara, Rav Tarfin michti. Heichad mishtava. Right, they're talking about a person who swore under oath, right? And then admitted to it. So heichad mishtava. If he... If he store under oath, right? We're talking about a case where he admitted. If he admitted, that means he wants a kapara. Then my year you Then if he wants a kapara, then it doesn't matter whether he swears or not. I feel himself agrees. himself agrees that if you want a kapara, you need it. So here's the question: Who is the author of a mission? You know what the answer is? And this was bothering me all of yesterday because I, until I did today's daf. You know what the answer is? The two sugis are not the same. The sugya of our shayla is, I stole from you, okay? I'd like to return it. I call you up, I say, hey, I'm in your neighborhood, I'd like to drop off the cash. And you say, I'm in Israel now. The question is, can I just say, all right, um, it's by my house whenever you want. Click. Can I do that? So what did the Mishnah say? If you swore and lied under oath, can't do it, you got to travel. If you didn't swear, you could just, you could just say and, and the Gemara says, who's the author of a Mishnah? And you're comparing it to Rav Tarif and Rav Akiva. Rav Tarif and Rav Akiva are not talking about that. Rav Tarif and Rav Akiva are a separate Shaila. They're not talking about traveling. Their Shaila is, I stole from one of you. There's five people here, I stole from one of you. I don't know who I stole from. Question, do I have to pay 5x? Rav Tarif says no. Those are, two, those are not related at all. You want to know why? You could look at our sugya as like this. That Shaila is do I have to pay each one to fulfill my obligation, or could I just say, I'm putting the money down, you guys figure it out. That's Shaila A. Our sugi is actually very simple, and that is when I steal from Menasha and I call him up, no no lying under oath, I, I stole from Menasha. I call him up, I say, hey, I stole from you, I got the money, like to drop it off, and you say, I'm in Israel. You want to know why you don't have to return it? it it's not related to Revakiva or Tafin Shaila at all. The reason why I don't have to return it is because once you know that I stole from you, it's not a case of five people. You know I stole from you. I know I stole from you. I have the money ready for you. Then the halacha is we look at it as just a pikadon, meaning it's your money. I'm just going to hold on to it. I don't have to travel because it, it's not related. Over there, if Tarifin or Rekiv are arguing that if I don't know who I stole from, must I pay each one to fulfill my obligation? That's unrelated to whether I have to travel. Whether I have to travel is a separate shayla. When I have the money, and I say, hey, Menashe, I have the money, then the halachi is the reason why you don't have to travel is because it's nothing to do with all five, paying all five. Paying all five is not related to whether I have to travel. We could look at it as you have to pay all five or you don't have to pay all five. But over here, I don't have to travel because you want to know why? He knows I have the money. So I just say, listen, I'm going to hold on to it till then. It, so it transfers from me paying you the money to me just having a pikadon of yours. I'm just holding on to it. Think of it as, as you let me, I'm a shaymichinim of yours. Fine. If I swore, then I have to ask for kapara, Chazal punished me that I have to travel. The shaylas are unrelated. This was bothering me the whole day yesterday. I didn't understand. Paying all five is a separate shayla. Do I have to pay all five to fulfill my obligation? That's shayla A. Shayla B is, do I have to travel? The answer is no. Why don't you have to travel? Oh, does that mean you don't have to pay all five? They're not related to The reason why you don't have to travel is because you know who I stole from. 
when you have all five people and you're not sure who you stole from, it could be you're not yoyed to the mitzvah of shape to shivim until you pay each one. Over here, I stole from one person. I called him up. I told him. He knows me. I know him. So what's the answer? Why don't I have to travel? Because Chazal just said, listen, let the money be by you as a pikadon. It's fine. It's Menashe's money. I'm just holding on to it for him. The same way that happens all the time. I get a package. It's delivered to me. It's supposed to be for him. So I'll hold on to it until you get back. I so why do you have to travel when, the, when you made a shavuah? You lied under oath. You're not getting away with that. That you got to go. We're going to punish you. Okay, fine. It's not related at all to the Shaila. Says the Gemara. Elama Rava. Shani Masis and Armisha is not related to the Shaila at all. Over there, because over there, you know who you stole from. I stole from one person. Then delay, and I admitted on the phone that I stole from him. And I could return the money to him because it's not a confusing situation. It's not where it's unsure. And all the facts are, are completely completely known. I, I don't want to travel to Eretz Yisrael. So, therefore, it's the equivalent of the guy saying, listen, let, hold on to the money for me until I return. Hilkach. Nishba, but when it comes to swearing falsely, why do you have to travel? Over there, because you swore under oath and you lied, you need a kapara, you got to travel. That's part of the, the part of the mysterious nefesh is you have to travel. But if you didn't swear, it's just a pikodin. It's very simple. It's completely unrelated. All right, let's go back there. Now, the Mishnah said like this. The Mishnah said that if I have money that's owed to you, and I swore under oath, and I lied, I can't, I have to return it to you, I can't give it to your son, I can't give it to a shliach. Now this is going to bring us into a discussion of shlich HaShadam Kamaisai and that stuff. So now, here's the shaila, a very interesting shaila, because Taisus makes, like, to me this should be posh it works, but it's machleik, it's itmar. Shliach sha'aso be'edim. Okay, here's the deal. Um, I owe you a thousand, I borrowed money from you, no stealing, I, I borrowed money from you, I owe you a thousand dollars. You appoint a shliach, and you, uh, in front of Edom, you say, Gavin is the shliach. Can I give him the money? If I give him the money, I definitely could give him the money to deliver to you. That's not Pasha. That's Pasha. You appoint him as shliach. If I give him the money, is that that I'm already yotz in my mitzvah? Meaning, what if while he's traveling, he loses the money? Must I give it again? So if you appoint a shliach to collect the money, you appoint a shliach, and I give it to him, is it that the shliach is just meant to transfer the money? But it's still my responsibility until it reaches your hands. So no, the reason why you appointed a shliach is because Gavin is in your stead. And if I give it to Gavin, I'm yaitzah my mitzvah. And if something happens on the road, your problem. That's the question. Shliach sha'asov If you appoint a shliach in the presence of witnesses, okay. So Tysus has a problem with it. Um, Tyson's just bothered by, like, I mean, that every shlichus works like this, but I guess Tyson's saying over here, it could be that we could interpret your shlichus as you don't mean to say that by giving it to him, you fulfill your obligation. It's that he is someone I trust to deliver it to me. That's the question. So, Rav Chizda Omar have a shliach. Rav Chizda says, yes, he's a shliach, meaning in the second you give it to the shliach, if anything happens to it, you already ate some mitzvah, you don't have to replace it. Rav Omar, Rav says, Lo have a shliach. Rav says, it's not a shliach, meaning, that if something were to happen while it's traveling, you'd have to replace it. It's Rabbah and Ravchizda. Ravchizda says that he is a shliach, meaning, and by giving it to him, you've already fulfilled your obligation of returning the money owed to you. That's why you did it in front of witnesses. The whole reason why you were matriach yourself to appoint him as a shliach in front of witnesses is that he is now responsible. Rabbah says, no, I disagree. I, so if he's not a shliach, meaning, 
So what's the point? So Rabbi says, Inish mehimnahu isamach samach iboy l'shtur ibiyadeh shad ibiyadeh. Rabbi says, it doesn't mean that if if, if I owe Menashe money and he appoints Gavin as a shliach, it doesn't mean that Gavin, if I hand it to Gavin, I'm already yoyed to the mitzvah. So what's the point? So why are you appointing him a shliach? You're just saying this is someone I trust. You want to have someone that I trust to deliver it to me. Him. But let's say if while he's traveling, he loses it. That's on me still. That's, that's the question of what, what, what's the methodology. Okay. Now here's the problem. Tanan, we have a Mishnah. Let's say I'm borrowing a cow from you. Right? The second I borrow the cow, I'm obviously responsible. I'm a shoyel. The question is, when, when, am I, when, when did I borrow it? So, I'm borrowing a cow from you. You send it to me. You send it with your son, with an evid, or with a shliach. Or you send, you use my shliach. Bekitzer, it's being sent to me. The halacha is umesa, and it dies before reaching me. Potter, I am potter. Meaning, it is not considered reaching my hand, even though you sent it with a shliach. Now, wait a minute. If you hold that a shliach is mamish, like the person that he's replacing, said, wait a minute. If you send a cow to me, I'm borrowing a cow, and you send it with my shliach, I appoint Menashe, I say, hey, you're my shliach, in front of Adam, I say, you're Menashe, my shliach, and you hand him the cow, and the cow dies, this is on Potter, because never, it's never reached my hand yet. What do you mean? If you gave it to my shliach, then isn't that enough? According to Rav Chizda, have a shluchai. So then the second you give it to my shliach, it should be that I am now the shoyal. If I'm now the shoyal, I should be responsible. Says the Gemara, Now this case of shliach has to be where he was appointed in front of witnesses. Because if it's not appointed in front of witnesses, you have no idea that he's a shliach. Must be he's appointed in front of witnesses. Meaning, I'm borrowing a cow from Gavin. I, in front of witnesses, tell the witnesses, Menashe is my shliach. You hand the cow to Menashe to deliver it to me. On the road, while it's being delivered, it gets uh, shot in the head. The halacha is, I don't have to pay. Why? Because I'm not borrowing it yet. Well, wait a minute. You, you gave it with a shliach. So, oh, what do you see? You see that a shliach is not, handing over to a shliach is not handing over to the person it's reaching. It just means that he's a delivery service that you trust. Says the Gemara, So you see from here, this is not like a chizda, because over here it's very clear that by pointing it to a shliach, it's not like it reached my hand. Says the Gemara, you know what the answer is? It's not a shliach in the classic sense. What do you think the case of a shliach is? You think that I have two witnesses here and I say, hey guys, he is my official shliach. Yes, he is in my stead. That's not the case. You know what the case is? If Yutaka did that, it would be considered as if I borrowed and I would be responsible if the animal died. I, it says shliach. You know what the case is? The answer is, it's my business partner. Meaning, I never formally appointed him as a shliach. He's my business partner. So everyone knows he's someone I trust. If, so the case is not, if I would have talked in front of witnesses, said to Gavin, hey, he's my shliach. Then the halacha is like Rav Chizda says, you give him the cow, it's kilu, it reached my hands, I'm now the shayl, the second it reaches him, I'm responsible, because it's kilu, it went in my hands. If it dies, I have to pay. I, so why, why is it not like that? The answer is over there, the case is where it's not where I appointed him, I never appointed him. So why do you think he's a shliach of mine? He's my business partner. So everyone's like, oh, he's, he, could, he could be a shliach of Avis. So it's He's someone who I do business all the time. So you assumed, it's like an assumed shliach, but it's not an officially appointed shliach. Okay. Yeah, so this is, okay. Meaning he's my, he, he's my go-to guy for like all my business stuff, but I never officially appointed him for this transaction specifically. That's the case. We're saying with Aiden, one case is with Aiden, one case is without. That's never the case with your business partner. Or you're, you're saying your business partner in front of Aiden, uh, in, in front of, maybe in front of Adam, I have a, 
the Aiden probably. part? Yeah, You're right. Yeah. I, maybe the Aiden part would then be retracted. I guess you'd have to say maybe, or maybe it means in front of witnesses, it's become clear that he's someone I trust because I've done business with him in the past. But I never, I mean, the point is, I never really formally said he is my shliach for this transaction. He's just my business partner that I, I, I do business with all the time. Okay. And by the way, that's going to be a way that we can get out a lot of these answers. Okay, Tanan. Well, let's analyze our mission. That's why we quoted this whole thing. What did the Mishnah say? What did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah said that if I stole money from Menashe, I have to pay it back to him. I call him up. He says, I'm in Israel. The halach is I have to travel. What if instead of traveling, I want to give it to his shliach? No good. Oh, what do you mean? It's a shliach. What do you see? That a shliach is no good. Not like a chizda. So Gemara says, It's not like Rav Chizda. That Rav Chizda said the same answer, which is the case of the Mishnah is not where you appointed him as a shliach. If Menashe Takar appointed him as a shliach, I could give the money to him. I. so why does it say no good? The case is where it's his business partner. Again, never formally appointed as a shliach. So what guy calls him a shliach? That means it's his business partner. But if you talk about formally appointed him, so let me ask you a question. Because if you formally appointed him, then that means for this transaction, he's a shliach. The answer is you never formally appointed I it's a shliach. It means he's your business partner. So but you, that is, uh, it becomes official only when it, when it hits the person's hands, really? Well, the, the point is over here, over here, you, the mitzvah of returning the theft, I have to actually hand it to you, the victim. If I give it to your shliach, says the Mishnah, no good. What's the case, though? The case is where you never formally appointed him as a shliach. He's just your business partner. But had you formally appointed him as a shliach, it would be good. See, here's the kasha. If you would formally appoint him as a shliach, and it would be good, then why is it not in the Mishnah? You know what the Mishnah says you could do? You can give it to Bezdin. So the Mishnah is trying to give you eitzes to avoid traveling. Now you're telling me there's another eitzah, which is that you, in Eretz Yisrael, I don't know, because okay, the Zoom now, but whatever, but whatever. You could appoint a shliach in front of Edim. Said, how come it's not in the Mishnah? Oh, the Mishnah says, no good. That was talking about where you, you never appointed him. He's just your business partner. But if you actually appointed him, it would be good. So how come it's not in the Mishnah? Says the Gemara. Had you formally appointed him a shliach in front of witnesses, my, what would the halacha be? It would be good. And you can give the money to the shliach, and it would could be a fulfilling of the obligation of returning the theft. So here's the question. Then how come the Mishnah at the end gives an etza of giving the money to Bezdin? Then how come the Mishnah doesn't say that? The Mishnah doesn't say that. If you appointed a shliach, it works. So why did the Mishnah pick the example of giving it to Bezdin? It should say giving it to Edom. You want to know why? Giving it to Bezdin is better than giving it to Edom. Who could appoint the shliach? Okay, here's the case. I stole money from Menashe. I stole him $1,000. I want to pay it back to him. He's traveled to Israel. So says the Mishnah, you got to travel. But now we're giving an Eitzah that if Menashe appoints a Shliach, it works. So the Gemara says, so why is that not in the Mishnah? Why did the Mishnah pick the example of giving it to Bezdin? You want to know why? Bezdin works no matter who appoints it. Meaning, I stole from Menashe, I want to give it to a Shliach. Who has to appoint a Shliach? Him. Let's say I appoint a Shliach. Does it work? No. I don't have the right to appoint a Shliach. I'm not the... If I say... Gavin is my shliach, you know, so who cares? It's up to him. He's got to appoint the shliach. It's the nigzel ha- that has to appoint the shliach. So it's a one-way street. The bezdin could be appointed by either. I could go to the bezdin and say, I'm depositing the money to you, and it works. You, the victim, could go to bezdin and say, I'd like him to deposit the money to you, and it works. Bezdin is a two-way street. It could be 
Anyone could decide that the money should go to Bezdin, either the victim or the robber, and it works. But as opposed to a shliach, only works if the victim appoints it. So because it's only a one-way street, the Mishnah didn't want to pick it. It's not, it's not as good of an example. So the Gemara says, Amri The Mishnah didn't want to pick an example of, of a shliach, and it picked the Bezdin because a shliach is only a one-way direction. Why? Shliach Bezdin, when it comes to shliach Bezdin, it's a two-way street. Whether I, the robber, or you, the victim, go to Bezdin, one of us can go to Bezdin, either one, and say, deposit the money to you, and it's 100% acceptable. But, psychically, therefore, it's all circumstances, the Mishnah felt comfortable saying it. But But when it comes to the case of a shliach, who could appoint a shliach? Only the victim. The robber can't appoint a shliach. That, that's the whole point. He has to do it. He has to. I appoint a shliach. What was, I'm not the balabas to do it. But the shliach could be appointed dafka by the victim. Now, by the way, Agav, you see from here, though, the reason why I picked the case of a bezdin is because the bezdin could be appointed by either. I, the robber, can go to bezdin and say, I'd like to deposit by you, and it works. Or you, the victim, could go to Bezdin and say, I'd like him to deposit by you, and it works. It's a two-way street. The truth is, it actually is Tanoim. Lafuke Mahai Tana. There is a Tana that disagrees, that the Tana holds, this is Roshim and Elozer, that um, Roshim and Elozer's shita is that Bezdin only works if it's appointed by the victim also. Meaning, Roshim and Elozer's shita is that if the robber goes to Bezdin and says, I'd like to leave it by you, no good. So he looks at a Bezdin as a one-way street also. So our mission is not like Rishim and Allah. Because our mission implies that a Bezdin could be appointed. It's a two-way street. It could be appointed by either the victim or the robber and it works. That's not like Rishim and Allah. Detanya, Rishim and Allah says, Shliach Bezdin shaso gazlin. If the Bezdin was appointed to receive the money by the victim, then it works. Or if the robber did it, but the shliach then took it from the robber and brought it. Meaning, let's say, according to Shem Lazar, for the, for the bezdin to work, it has to be appointed by the victim. Either by the victim himself, or the robber could appoint the bezdin, but then the victim has to send the shliach to the bezdin to get it. But it has to be the victim. If the robber himself just appoints a bezdin, meaning the robber goes to bezdin, he says, I'd like to deposit money by you. According to Shem it doesn't work. It's a one-way street. So our mission is not like Hashem Okay. Now, we had a question before. If I owe money to someone, can I give the money to a shliach and fulfill my obligation? We said it was a machlekes, Rav Chizda and Rabbah. Says the Gemara, Rav Yoichan and Rav they both say, shliach have a shliach, that appointing it to a shliach, if you appoint a shliach in front of Edim, it is a good appointment, and you could deliver the money to the shliach and be Yoitzazayin. That's like Rav Chizda. Says the Gemara, and I, we had the question before that our Mishnah implies that a shliach does not work for returning a theft, so why would it work for returning money owed? They have another answer. You know what the case of the shliach is? Of the Mishnah? The case is, the mission is not referring to a case where you appointed the shliach to collect the money. You know what the case is? The case is where the victim tells the shliach, This guy stole money from me and he won't, uh, he's not delivering it to me. You know the case is? According to Rav Yech and Rav Lazar, yeah? if I appoint a shliach, that shliach is in my stead. Now that comes when money lost, money owed, whatever it is. Here's the question, though, the question we had before. How come in our Mishnah, I steal money from Menashe? He goes to Eretz Yisrael. The Mishnah says I have to travel. I give it to his shliach. The Mishnah says no good. So 
I thought a shliach is good. So we had one answer before, and that is that the mission is not referring to a shliach. The mission is talking about a business partner. You know what the answer could also be? Second answer is very, very simple. The case is not what you thought. What do you think the case is? The case is, I steal money from Menasha. I can't get to him because he's in Eretz Yisrael. He appoints a shliach. And he says, hey, give the money. You are the shliach. Then the money should be given to you. And that meaning that you are in my stead. And it doesn't work. What, what do you mean? You know what the case is? That's not the case at all. The case is where Menashe sends a shliach to deliver it to him. Meaning, Menashe is not appointing a shliach. The, the victim is not appointing a shliach to receive the money. The victim says, listen, I have this guy in New York. Obviously, he stole from me. He's not, he doesn't want to get it to me. Maybe if you go and say you're traveling to Israel, he'll give it to you. But as a USPS agent, meaning the shliach was not appointed to receive the money. The shliach was appointed to transfer the money. So if the shliach was appointed to receive the money, then it would work. So how come it doesn't work? The shliach was never appointed to, to receive the money. You sent the shliach to say, listen, he's not traveling there. You could be the delivery guy. But you're not actually receiving the money. That's why it doesn't work. Says the Gemara, or Okay. Now let's go weiter in this discussion further. Amr of Yehuda Meshmuel, go to the next page. Ein Mishalchen Mois Bidiukni. Okay. Only when it reaches the victim. The victim hired USPS to bring it to him. No, it would still. should be vindicated at that point. It's only if the robber takes USPS. I think either way, it's only considered a. I have to check it up. I think either way, it's only considered a fulfillment until it reaches his hands. Meaning, if while it's being traveling, if you, the victim, appoint USPS. And then while it's traveling, something happens to it. The robber has not fulfilled his obligation by merely giving it to USPS. That's the point. You're not fulfilled your obligation until it reaches his hands. By merely saying, by giving it to USPS, are you fulfilled your obligation? The answer is it depends. If it reaches him, yes. But let's say halfway through, they lose the money. Then the robber has not been yoyed to his mitzvah by merely giving it to the USPS delivery guy. That's that's uh, that's uh, clear from the Gemara. Um, okay, we'll talk after this. So Amar Avida Meshmuel, Ein Meshalchin Mos B'Diyuchni. Let's say I owe you money, right? You gave me money as a Shemrechina, whatever it is. I should not give it to a Shliach of Mos Diyuchni. Mos Diyuchni is a guy shows up to my door, and he has a paper that has your signature on it. That <laughs> so he's got that paper that says he he knocks on my door and he says, Hey, uh, do you owe money? To Menashe Weiss, I said, uh, I actually happen to. He says, uh, I'm here to collect. So I say, who are you exactly? Uh, whatever, I'm John. Uh, how do I know that you're here to collect? He pulls out a piece of paper that has your signature. The halacha is, you should not give it to that person. Meaning, giving it to that person is not enough. If something were to happen while it was traveling, you cannot say, I gave it to a guy that had your signature. Signatures can be forged. That is not enough to fulfill your obligation. Says the Gemara, And let's say you have a paper that has your signature and has Edom on it, still no good. Rav Yechon says, no, if there are Edom that sign it, then you can send the money. And the second you give the money with him, you fulfilled your obligation to return the money, the money owed to you, and if something were to happen, that's on you. So Amri, let me ask you a question. According to Shmuel, Shmuel holds like this. Okay, I owe money to you. Yeah, I owe you money, and I get a knock on the door from a shliach, and he says, I'm sent to collect the money. I say, how do I know that you're sent to collect the money? He says, it says, it says on the paper, I'm an Asha Weiss, appointed the shliach to send the money, signed by him. Shmuel says, no good. Aid him on it. 
no good. See, here's the question. According to Shmuel, how do you ever get the money back? <laughs> right? You, you know, how do you get the money back? Because if I'm not willing to travel, and you're not willing to travel, and you can't send the shliach, then how's it going to work? So says the Gemara, here's how you do it. The following story. Rav Abba um, had money that was owed to him by Rav Yosef Bar Chama. So Amr the Rav Safra, so Rav, again, Rav, Rav Yosef Bar Chama owes money to Rav Abba. So Amr the Rav Safra, Rav Abba told Rav Safra, when you're going to his city, get the money back from me. Can you go get the money from me? He owes me money. Go to his house and get the money. So when Rav Safra went to collect the money, Amli Rava Berei, Rava the son of Yosef Barachama said to him, Do you have a piece of paper that says that I'm no longer responsible? And he, let, let, me, let me explain what's happening here, okay? Just in case anyone's like, it's not complicated, but it's just, it's very simple. I owe money to Gavin, okay? I owe him $1,000. I get a knock on the door from some rando who says, hey, I'm here to collect. And I said, how do I know that you're from Gavin? And it has a paper. It says, I, Gavin Balsam, appoint him to collect it. Seshmuel, no good. He says, aid him on it. No good. What do I mean, no good? Meaning, you give the money to him, and then it doesn't reach Gavin's hand, you got to pay again. Giving him the money is not fulfilling the obligation. So here's the question. So if it's not fulfilling the obligation, how do I ever pay the back? So I have a way. I have to hand to hand to hand. Says the Gemara, no. The following stories. The case was, Rav Abba had money that Rav Yosef Bechama owed to him. So he sent Rav Safra as a shliach. Rav Safra knocks on the door, and Rav Yosef Bechama says, I'm not giving the money, because I don't know who you are, and I, I don't want the responsibility. So it says, so it says uh, Rav, his son, do you have a paper that doesn't say, the paper, it's not enough for the paper to say I'm a shliach, to say his kabalti. I need the paper to say that you, the shliach, are responsible. So that the second you get it, Meaning, I don't want to just say that you're a shliach. I don't want that. I want the paper to say, I am a shliach, and I'm responsible if anything happens to it. So you take responsibility. That's what I want. So says the Gemara, I'm a little loy. So if Safra said, I don't have that paper. I don't have that paper. So he says, So, so Rava says, go back, get that paper, and then we'll talk. Now, he goes back, he goes to Rav Safra, and he says, I need the paper that says not just that I'm a shliach, I need a paper that says I'm responsible. So if Safra says, How is that going to help? Why? Even if you have a paper that says you're responsible, but how do you know the guy didn't die in between? And now, the money actually belongs to the Yarshim. Meaning, even having a paper that says, okay, Ruvain owes Shimon money. Ruvain then appoints um, uh, uh, Levi to collect. Levi knocks on the door, so we're saying right now, Levi has to have a paper, not just a paper that he's a shliach, not just signed with Adam. The paper has to also say he's responsible, that it says that Ruvain makes Levi responsible. Here's the problem. That's also not going to work. Why? Because maybe while he's traveling, Ruvain dies. The money now is no longer Ruvain, it's Ruvain's son's uh, uh, Gavriel. And Gavriel didn't, and, and, and now Levi, it says, I'm responsible to who? But you're no longer my shliach. Meaning, it's not enough to even say you're responsible because how do you know that the guy didn't die in between? In which case, I mean, it's not like we assume death, but then, then he's no longer the shliach of yours. I mean, he's even, even saying you're responsible is not enough. So what do I have to do then? So it says the Gemara, Elamaita Kantis, one second, if you tell me having a paper that says you're shliach is not enough, Adam signs not enough, saying you're responsible is not enough. So what do you got to do? So you know the answer is, Zil Niknalach Agav Ara Ba'at Kosovlach Iskabalti. You know what the answer is? You make a Kenyan. Again, in this case, if I owe Gavin money, and I, so Gavin sends a shliach, it's not enough for the shliach to knock on my door, even with a paper, even with a paper that has your shliach, even his kabalti. So you know what you have to do? 
Gavin has to transfer the debt to the shliach. Let's say the shliach is Menasha. He has to not just give him a paper. He has to give Menasha a tiny parcel of land, two inches by two inches. And when he's kind of that, he's kind of the debt. So the debt is no longer, I no longer owe Gavin money. I owe Menasha the money. Now the shliach is the baldover. Then you can give the shliach the money. Then if you have the paper that says you're responsible, then it's fine. Because it's I, aren't you worried that the person who sent him is dead? There is no person that sent him. He is the Baldover. You transfer the debt to the Shliach, you know, now owe the Shliach the money. So then, that's the Eitzah. The Gemara says a similar story. Rav Papa had an outstanding loan of 12,000 Zuzim. Um, there was someone in the city of Chozoi that owed him 12,000 Zuz. He wanted Rishmuel or Abba to collect the money, so he transferred the debt to Rishmuel or Abba by giving him a part of the patio of his house. And by you giving part of the land, he's kind of agav the debt. So now he is the baldaver. He went to collect his own debt. He's not a shliach anymore. And Kiyasa, when he found him, Rav Papa was so happy that he went to the city of Tavach to meet him. Okay, fine. Uh, uh, last sugya, just to finish up this sugya. Um, okay, this sugya is dealing with the following concept. We said in the Mishnah that if a person swears and lies under oath and then admits it, he has to pay the principal and he has to pay a fifth. But he doesn't have to travel to pay the fifth. He has to pay the fifth. He doesn't have to travel. Says the Gemara, Alma Chaimish Memaynu. So apparently, there's a Shaila. Um, I don't know if it's a shayla in the Tanoim or Meroyim, but it's a shayla of, is this Chaimish money owed, or is this Kapara? Meaning, could you take me to court for this Chaimish? I owe you the principal and then the fifth. The principal is definitely money, it's a debt. You could take me to court to pay. The question is, can you take me to court to pay the fifth? Do we look at the fifth as any other debt that you could take me to court? Or perhaps, no. It's not really a debt. It's that the Torah said you should get a Kapara, you have to give a fifth. You can't take me to court for it. If I, if I want to be a bad guy and just not get a kapara, then fine. Says the Gemara, you see it's obviously a debt. Why? Because it says in the Mishnah, I don't have to travel to pay the fifth. The implication is, the travel is the only part I don't have to do, but I can be taken to court to pay the fifth. Says the Gemara, Tananami, we have a Mishnah that also says that it's a monetary uh, responsibility. It says, The Mishnah said that if I swear I pay back the Karen, but then I lie about paying back the Chaymish. You know what I have to pay? I have to pay a Chaymish on the Chaymish. That obviously shows you that a Chaymish is a monetary responsibility. We have another Bryce that also backs this up that the Chaymish is a monetary law because the Bryce says, If you steal from your friend and then swear falsely and then deny it, and then you die. So the question is, what do the kids have to pay? So Yarshin Mishalman Karen, the kids have to pay the Karen, because that's their father's debt. They have to pay the Chaimish. Again, the father Ruvain steals a thousand dollars and then lies about it under oath, and then is Moida. So now Ruvain has to pay a thousand dollars plus two hundred dollars plus a carbon, but Ruvain died. So Reuven's kids have to pay $1,000. They have to pay the $200, but they don't bring the carbon because the carbon is atonement and the person who needs the atonement is dead. But what do you see? You see that the fact that the kids have to pay the Chaimish is that it's a monetary law. Now from here until the end of the Ahmed, we're going to be dealing with a side halacha, and that is that we just got finished saying that if a person dies before having to pay off the $1,000 and the $200, the Karen and the Chaimish, the kids have to pay. 
The problem is that's not true. We have a b'risa that clearly states that children only have to pay the keren, not the chaymish. So do have to, kids have to pay the chaymish of their father, or do they not have to pay the chaymish responsibilities of their father? It's a contradiction. The Gemara says, Do children have to pay off the fifth surcharge that their father had before they died? Or many, I have a contradiction. What does the Brisa say? The Brisa says the following. There are four different scenarios that a person could have when it comes to a person's father's debt and dying. You could have that the father lied uh, under oath. You could have, and then admitted. You could have, you could have the father swearing under oath. You could have uh, the father and the son swearing under oath. You could have just the son swearing under oath. Or you could have nobody swearing under oath. So it says the Gemara... And how do I know that you never have to pay a chaymish for your father's debt? And it doesn't matter whether you swore, whether your father swore, whether they both swore, whether neither swore. You never have to pay a chaymish. You're not the one who stole, it was your father. So here's the problem. There's a straight up contradiction. The first Brisa says that if your father steals and swears under oaths and then admits and then dies, you have to pay the chaymish as well. But this Brisa says you don't have to pay the chaymish. So do you have to pay the chaymish or not? So the answer is, Amr of Nachman, lo kasha, kansha hoda, kansha lo hoda. The answer is it depends. If your father lied and then admitted about lying before he died, so the second he admits he has to pay a chomesh, then dies, then you have to pay a chomesh. But if your father lied but never admitted before he died, you don't have to pay the chomesh. So the Gemara says, wait a minute, ilo hoda, if the father never admitted, so how do you know that he has to pay anything? Right? The guy, the father swears that he doesn't owe anything. And he never admitted to it. So if he never admitted, then why do you have to pay? You have to pay the Karen, not the Chomish. What do you have to pay for? You only pay if he's a thief. How do you know he's a thief? Says the Gemara. And if you talk and say, oh, maybe you don't have to pay the Chomish. When it says you don't have to pay the Chomish, you don't have to pay the Karen either. No way. The fact that the Brises says that you don't have to pay the Chomish applies that you pay the Karen. So what's the scenario that you don't pay the Chomish? And don't tell me it's where you're not. the father was not Maida. The father did not admit to, to stealing. Because if the father didn't admit that, you know he's a thief. So says the Gemara. And another proof. The Brisa says, When do you pay the Karen only? The case is when the, both he and the father swore falsely. Or how do I know that you pay Karen if just the father swore? Or how do you know that you pay Karen if just he swore? How do you know that you pay Karen if neither swore? The Pasa connects robbing to... Uh, uh, to, to lying about it, to an Aveda, to Bikadin, and Yesh Talmud. Yesh Talmud is a uh, cryptic words. What does it mean, Yesh Talmud? So, Yosef Ravuna Bekarmel Hashmaita, Amrle Rabba Bray, Yesh Talmud Kaomar, is the end of the Brisa Yesh Talmud that there's a Drosha, Oi Amrle Yesh Talmu, or Oi Yesh Talmu. Yesh Talmu means you should pay. So, what does Yesh Talmud mean? So, says the Gemara, Amrle Yesh Talmud Kamin. It is a Drosha, Miribi the Kra Amri. So, Lomaisa, what's the case? What's the kasha? Let's just summarize the kasha. The kasha is like this. We have one b'risa that says that you have to pay off your father's karen and chaymish. One b'risa says you don't have to pay off the chaymish. So he said, well, if the father admitted to stealing and lying under oath, then you have to pay the chaymish. If the father didn't admit, you don't have to pay the chaymish. He says, well, if he didn't admit, why are you paying the karen at all? 
So what's the situation where you're just paying the Karen? If he admitted to lying under oath, so the father steals, lies under oath, admits he lies under oath, he's obligated to the Karen and the Chaymish, and then he dies, so then you have to pay the Karen and the Chaymish. So when do you just pay Karen? He didn't admit. So, so what, what do I pay? So says the Gemara, The answer is, the father didn't admit, you admitted Meaning, the father lies under oath, but never admits to it. After he dies, you go to the rabbi and say, listen, I, I can't, this guilt is not, I can't do this guilt anymore. My father lied under oath. So because you, it's, the truth got out that the father lied under oath, you have to pay the Karen, but not the Chaymish. So the Gemara says, Why don't you pay the Chaymish? The case is where the father didn't leave any, didn't leave the, the, let's say he stole a laptop. The stolen laptop is gone. So there is nothing to pay. So wait a minute. The Gemara says, If there is no, if there is nothing left, then how are you paying? So the answer is, The case is that the father left over land. Now we're going to skip the next two lines. We'll end with this because Rashi takes it out. Go to the next Amid. The Gemara says, The case is as follows. The father stole and lied, but never admitted to lie. Then after he dies, the son admits that he lied. So why does the kid pay Karen and Achaimish? Case is where the father left land. Because the father left land with a lien on it, you have to use the land to pay off the debt. So why don't you pay the Chaimish? That you do not pay off Chaimish from encumbered property left off as Yerusha. That's the rule. You pay off the Karen, but not the Chaimish. So if the father would have lied and admitted to lying before he died, so he's Chayiv, Karen, and Chaimish, you have to pay Karen and Chaimish. But if the father lied but didn't admit... And then after he dies, you have the, the, after he dies, you admit, if he leaves land, you use the land to pay off the Karen, but you don't pay off the Chaymish. You never pay off Chaymish from encumbered property in Yerusha. That's the rule. I will stop here.